Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Podcast. We are back on a Monday. You guys will be listening to this probably on Tuesday morning or afternoon, and the Badgers basketball team is going, yes, that's correct, four in a row for Wisconsin basketball, playing some of their best basketball at the right time, and it's obviously paying off as Wisconsin has now moved into that fourth seed position, currently at that double bye position, and Really, no, really a lot more room to go in this final four-game stretch uh, to catch some other teams that are kind of struggling, and there's there's still a lot to work out in this Big Ten conference. Uh, I know Maryland is headed at the top and probably going to win it, but it's not signed, sealed, delivered just yet. So, Badger fans, it's time to get excited. And uh, in the back half of the show, we're not going to do a position preview today. Uh, instead, we're just going to do some football wrap-up, talk about uh, the unfortunate news with Luke Benchwall, uh, to the Ted Gilmore departure, and then some other college football stuff. So still have a little basketball, a little football for you guys in uh, this Tuesday show. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. A uh, little earlier recording, so get a little extra afternoon this uh, today. Um, but how are you doing, man? Good, good. Yeah, we're getting this out nice and early, so we can. Uh, we're both we're both gonna hit the gym as soon as we're done recording here, because I know I certainly need it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into the let's get into the basketball a little bit. Um, Wisconsin, like we mentioned already, winners of four in a row, a huge win against Rutgers to set them up for another huge game against Michigan later this week. Rutgers was a team when Wisconsin played them there, uh, kind of struggled to get anything going kind of got beat down and was it was kind of at their low point of the season. But this time around, a completely different game and a different matchup. So what did you see from the Badgers on Sunday that uh, that really showed you what kind of what they – or how they're playing at this point in the season? You know, I think they're just really shooting the ball from three a lot better the as the, these last few games. I think they're really in, in a rhythm. They're, they're passing the ball really nicely. I mean, Demetric Trice is just dropping dimes left and right. He had another nine assists. Um, I think, I mean, he's really picking his spots to, to make an impact when he's shooting, but he's distributing the ball really well. So I think the passing, ball movement, and then just the willingness and confidence to shoot has been such a, a nice lift for this team because you saw earlier in the season they were so hesitant at times and, and guys were unwilling to to take the shot and to, to step into, their, into a, a shot and, and take it right away instead of, you know, faking it and then and then taking a dribble and then I'll, oh yeah, I guess I'll shoot it. It's it's more okay. This is in rhythm. They're they're catching, shooting, letting it fly, and and that confidence is really playing all over the place. Uh, and it bleeds into the defense as well. So I think the big thing is the offense, just the way that they're distributing the ball and and also just making their shots. You know, shooting fifty percent from three point land is is no joke, and they're doing such a nice job with it. Yeah, they really are. They're knocking down shots. They're finding the open shot, making that extra pass. And I think that is the the biggest thing that's changed from, from this team is that early in the season they, they weren't finding the open shot and they were forcing some shots, kind of playing that 
that dribble down the shot clock game and, and hoist one up. And, and this team, you haven't seen that from them lately. They've been working the, bat, the basketball around, finding the open guy, and then delivering it. There were times earlier in the season where Wisconsin was finding the open shots. They just weren't falling. And these last few games especially, they've really fell. And Sunday was a, a, a really good example of that, you know, shooting 48%. Um, for the field, 50% from three. It seemed to be. I thought. I thought they even shot better from three because there were timely three pointers. They were, you know, big shots, and they seemed to fall when they really needed a bucket or needed a quick three points. So I'm, I'm really excited with this team. And then you look at the stat line of of all these guys. You know, Reavers had 17, Pritzel 17, Davison 15, Potter 18 points in 17 minutes. And you know, just walking offense when he gets in there, and then Trice. You know, maybe not scored so much, but you mentioned it, the nine assists. He doesn't need to score as much when he's distributing the basketball the way that he has these last few games. Yeah, and, and I mean, you we kind of talked about it, how Brevin Pritzel and Davison have been really ping-ponging back and forth who would be the guy to take a step for the guard position as a scorer. And, and this one they both did, you know. Davison didn't shoot a crazy um, amount. He only had seven shots on the game, but he made three of five from deep. And and then he got to the free throw line and and did some nice things um, on the defensive end. And then you get Brevin Pritzel, who is just uh, has been just on fire as of late shooting the ball. He's 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 probably the guy that epitomizes, hey, I'm gonna hunt my shot and I'm gonna go for it. Um, and he's really doing a nice job off of that. We haven't seen him taking 10 field goals in a while. So for him to do that uh, in this one is, is a good statement and it really lets this team know, hey, they've got some good guard depth now. Um, you know, you've got Anderson coming off the bench, but he's, he's not playing an excessive amount of minutes. You saw Tyler Wall only play six minutes this game because he was kind of a little haphazard with the ball uh, at times. So the, I think the Badgers are in a really nice place and using the depth that they have and kind of distributing the ball nicely to to all scorers, and they're taking advantage of that. Yeah, they are, and it's it's fun to watch. I mean, this team early in the season, I know Badger basketball at times can move a little slow and be kind of a snail's place and be difficult to watch. That really hasn't been the case with this team these this last really few weeks. They've been playing exciting basketball. They've been playing team basketball, and it it looks a lot more like the – and I'm not saying this team is a Final Four team like you had with Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky and those guys, but the style of play is finally starting to look more like Wisconsin basketball where they're they're running the offense, they're working it, and they're finding the open shot. But then on the defensive end of the floor, they're, they're playing, you know, hard-to-hard, hard-man defense, not giving up easy shots, getting, you know, playing fundamental basketball. So it finally looks like, you know, Greg Gard has been – Bo Ryan's predecessor and has been in those shadows for a while and people have grumbled on Greg Garden and the way he's played and recruited but it's finally looking like at least from my perspective that things are starting to take hold and guys are starting to find their rhythm and and you can tell that the you know six seven eight guys that are playing right now are are fully invested and fully behind uh, Greg Garden the system and it's it's seeming to really click for them at a good time. Yeah, and I mean, the the players in the postgame really had talked about that, that they've really rallied together, become closer. Dimitri Trice specifically said that they've been spending more time together, um, doing things outside of basketball, and that they're really getting getting a better relationship with one another, and that's really helped them on the court, trusting each other to make the right play and not necessarily try to play hero ball. Um, 
you know, it's funny because since Kobe King's left, this team as of late is kind of playing like the team that Kobe King is is in search of, you know, quote unquote, um, as a team that's going to push a little bit of the tempo and make plays. So it's it's funny to see that uh, Wisconsin is, is averaging um, almost 13 more points per game uh, these last four games than they had the previous eight games in the Big Ten. So they they're really pushing pace a little bit more and and being willing to to uh, make sure that everybody's involved passing the ball, but also being willing to take the the quicker shots when they're there. They've made over 11 three-pointers the last four games. It's really, like you said, it's been an exciting brand of basketball to watch, and I know fans can appreciate that. They've got a really tough game coming up, but at the same time, the way they're playing gives people some optimism and and gives them a chance to actually uh, not only – have some fun out there while they're playing, but also make it so that they have a better chance of, of taking down some teams. Because if you look at the in the box score, they they went ahead and and they had a, a much better um, they had a much better uh, points per possession at almost 1.2 um, trip per trip. That's that's pretty good, and that's going to be something that this team could can really hold on to um, and, and and make some good plays with it because they're not turning the ball over, but they are taking advantage of things on the offensive end. Yeah, they are, and that's what I think is the most exciting part. And I don't. Did you see the uh, the photo that we quote tweeted on B5Q about the you know the, uh, the the Badgers offense kind of being a little bit better without Ethan Half with just the you know the the graph and stuff. I, I found that interesting. I know people will have thoughts about that, but we both kind of talked about that early in the season where we maybe saw an offense that could click better without the Ethan Happ presence. Now that's not that's not taking anything away from Ethan Happ. He was one of the best Badgers of all time, but the, his movement and the the players' movement without him on the floor this year is seeming to finally look like what we expected when we kind of did our early season preview. So I thought that uh, article was interesting. If people are looking for it, uh, go check it out on B5Q's Twitter account. It's an interesting look at how the Badgers offense has differed with these six, seven guys. Yeah, and it's on Bartovic.com. If anybody's ever um, gone ahead and, and followed that, he's got some really good stuff um, talking basketball. Um, so he's worth a follow if if you're into Big Ten basketball or specifically Badger basketball. But, yeah, the Wisconsin's – you know, shooting shooting at a higher clip three-pointers, which is tailored similarly to how what you're seeing in the NBA, where uh, teams are, are really looking to the three-point line to, to win games, and the Badgers have been hitting. So it makes a huge difference because Wisconsin wasn't able to do that as much last year with Ethan Happ on the court. You've got guys, all five guys who can shoot, and, you know, to be per- perfectly honest, they, they can shoot all over the, the court. Um, you saw Brevin Pritzel even just kind of hitting from the mid-range game, um, something that he's usually um, not not doing. He's usually an, an outside or uh, in the paint guy, but he was hitting from the um, the pull-up game. So this team's shooting a lot better, and a big reason is just confidence and and trusting one another, while also making sure that hey, if you've got a good shot, let it fly, because it's not going to pay dividends to wait till later in the shot shot clock when half the time that leads to, hey, Dimitrik Trice having to take uh, a, a hero pull-up jumper, which is which is not what you need. It's not a great shot um, percentage. So when you've got good high percentage shots, let it fly, and, and the Badgers are doing that. And it's 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 been, it's been a, a nice revelation for this team. 
Yeah, it is because this this team could have said, you know, they could have packed it in early this season when they had some of those low points. I think too, even really early in the season, those games out in Brooklyn were brutal to watch. And I think if the, this Badger team could go back and replay those, and if you watch, you know, rewatch that game against New Mexico, that that second one compared to where the team is now, you would not think it's the same basketball team, even though it's largely the same face as minus a Kobe King and add in, you know, a Micah Potter. So it's it's fun to watch, and obviously they're in a good position to strike in this Big Ten Conference, and it starts with a big game on Thursday on the road at Michigan. Uh, Michigan back into the top 25 rankings-wise, even though Wisconsin is sitting higher than them in the Big Ten standings. But, Matt, what do you make of that game? And we, don't, we won't go too deep into it because we'll have our Wednesday show before that, but... How do you think uh, that one will look, and, and how do you just kind of see this Big Ten you know, final two weeks shaking out? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be wild. Some of the teams just have some, some bonkers schedules to play out here. Um, you know, Penn State's got just a brutal last few games to play. but in And so Wisconsin's obviously in that, you know, tied for second place in the Big Ten with every chance to, to get there. I think they probably have the, the best schedule to, to win out. Um, and and get that second position, but it takes a big win against Michigan, who's who's playing really good basketball. They've won five straight, and they're just you know we talked about Wisconsin streaking, you know they're uh, they're definitely streaking the quad right now, and it's it's going to come down. I think Micah Potter is, is a guy who's going to have to have a good game. I think him and Reavers are going to have to to step up uh, against. Um, a, a really tough Michigan team lately. They're playing a lot better basketball than they were earlier this season, and um, you know they have they have good talent. It's just going to be a matter of seeing what the Badgers can do, especially on the defensive end. Um, Wisconsin's likely to continue to try to push pace, but anytime you're uh, in full territory, it's it's never easy, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten is brutal, and you look at the teams in front of them or tied with them, like like the Iowas and the Penn States and, and Michigan State. Essentially, Michigan State, Iowa, and Penn State all have to play each other once more, and then there's other games mixed in there that are not easy. So the Badgers have every opportunity to get to that two spot. Maybe I don't know if I don't know if anyone would catch Maryland. Maryland's two games ahead, clear of everyone right now, and they're playing pretty consistent basketball where I think it'd be tough for them to drop too straight, but you never know in this Big Ten conference. But it all it's all a moot point if you don't take care of business against a Michigan team that has kind of found their resurgence. You know, they've been much like the Badgers up and down throughout the season with some really low points and struggling to score the basketball, but finding their stride here around the same time. So in the Big Ten, these are probably the two hottest teams that are going to square off there tonight in a, a huge matchup for both sides to help them in seedings. Michigan's a little bit further back, but a win over a team in front of them would, would do them huge. So it's going to be a really important contest Thursday evening at Michigan, a place that's that's always tough to play for any team. And you know, on the road in general in this conference is tough, but Michigan is especially hard to win at. Yeah, and I mean, you saw them kind of get hot after they took down Michigan State, kind of get their confidence up, and you know they they were able to to beat Northwestern and Indiana, and then 
they they went to Rutgers and to Purdue to, to get some wins. So this is such a huge game for the Badgers because Michigan's still in striking distance for that second place too. And we, we saw what they could do at the beginning of the season where they jumped out to such a hot start winning, I think, their first you know, whatever, I think it was like seven games or something like that, including a, a win over Gonzaga, who, which looks really good on their schedule, um, um, before losing to Louisville. So that they're a team that, that definitely has the talent. Xavier Simpson's a really good point guard. I, I love that matchup between him and Trice just because they're, they're different players. They're both uh, pass-first point guards, but at the same time, Xavier Simpson's not as much of a shooter, more of a try-to-get-to-the-basket distributor, um, but... I think Trice is going to have to really have a good game against him and continue what he's doing offensively, which is distributing the ball so nicely to it to his teammates. And, and seeing a guy like Aleem Ford have a nice bounce-back game, hopefully, because uh, he only had two points, you know, only shot one of six. He was still really active for the team, had one of the best plus-minuses, actually, um, for the Badgers uh, against Rutgers. So I, I'm expecting to see him make a nice step in this next game as well. Yeah, and that's what it's 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 really exciting to watch about this team is even if there's a guy that at least right now if there's a guy that's not scoring he's he's still making it up and playing playing hard on the defensive end which you don't unless you really deep dive into the analytics and the stats of basketball maybe you don't see that you know reflected on a score sheet uh, but but all you know seven eighty even when Wall and Anderson are getting worked in those guys are playing hard on the defensive end they might not be scoring consistently but. They're still a moving piece in the offense and are playing comfortable and finding the open man and allowing them to make shots. So right now this team is just, just clicking on all cylinders, and it's it's going to be fun to watch this final stretch, and hopefully they can continue it because Wisconsin all season to season, when they've gotten hot, there's always been a game where they kind of fell back. And if you look at the schedule, this Michigan game looks like it could be that game, but if it's not and you can and squeak out a road win, it it would set you up huge, and it would be an incredibly you know fun finish because even even Maryland in that top spot has Michigan State and Michigan left on their schedule, and, and a trip to Minnesota and Rutgers. So they're they're probably going to win the regular season, but they're going to have to still earn it too. So there's really five six teams could really make this thing interesting in the in the long run, and that's what's made this conference so special all season long. Yeah, for sure, and and. You you see, I think I saw um, you know teams percentages to make it to the championship, and and it was it was funny. Penn State, Maryland, and Michigan State have the highest chances, but Wisconsin was just right there with them as as a team that, according to analytics, has has a, just as good a shot. But it, I think Wisconsin's also going to have to be better uh, against the uh, uh, in the paint on on defense. Rutgers is incredibly lengthy, and they do all that most of their damage in the paint. They're not—they're the worst in the Big Ten at shooting three-pointers, um, but they use their length inside and they make a killing. And and Wisconsin gave up 42 points in the paint against Rutgers. That can't happen against a, a, an attacking Michigan uh, line. They try to get get to the hole as much as possible as well. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to need to try to do that as well against Michigan. They've been doing such a good job on the free throw line, leading the Big Ten with that. So I think this game's going to really come down to Wisconsin improving on the defensive end um, against Michigan because it's going to be a tough, hostile environment. Most definitely. It's going to be an exciting game. Huge one at Michigan Thursday night. I believe the tip is at 6 o'clock. Is that correct? Yeah, 6 o'clock, and it'll be on ESPN2. 
So that'll be a big one. A lot of big ones in the Big Ten down the stretch. I know Iowa and Michigan State are tomorrow night, and there's a lot of big games in this conference unless we played. So it's it's all going to be fun, important ones the rest of the way out because after that you get into the Big Ten championship or Big Ten tournament, I should say, in uh, Indianapolis, and then you'll you'll March Madness will be around here before you know it. So exciting stuff on the basketball front. Anything else you want to touch on hoops-wise, or else do you want to get into some, some football wrap-up stuff? Uh, the one thing would be just the the players are really um, taking um, Greg Gard's side recently. You know, you saw the, the big tweets about the silent assassin shirts from John Roth, seeing that the team was really uh, repping. Basically, everybody's getting one, um, including they're trying to get one for Greg Gard. But I, I think it's very telling just what uh, this team has gone through this year and, and what they're doing as of late, um, kind of gelling at the right time and, and pushing forward together just there's been so much that this team's been through, and, and to see the coaching job that Greg Gard has done has been inspiring in a lot of ways. I know that he gets some, some crap from fans uh, in a, a lot of times um, because he, he isn't always the, the super most likable or flashiest coach in the world, but, man, the, the guy is able to coach ball, and he does a really good job with it, and the players really respect him and, and uh, love him for that. So I, I think he's played, or, uh, done a really good job this year. Um, as a coach, and it, it's it's very telling that the players are playing so well together and trusting one another um, down the stretch here after the turmoil that has been a lot of this season. Yeah, you got to tip your hat, tip your hat, <laughs> tip your cap to this team. I mean, they've they've battled through not one or two, three things. It's been you know a whole host of things on and off the court, beginning with the Howard Moore stuff before the season even started. A lot of programs would really struggle to even come back from that. A guy who was a huge impact on the program, and then other things, moving parts, a fan base that was a little disheveled for a little bit. So it's it's inspiring to see the way that this team hasn't given up on each other or given up on their coach and and really are playing some quality basketball. And I'm, I'm excited to see what this team can do uh, in the postseason because you don't want to play Wisconsin when they're knocking down shots and playing defense the way they have been of late. But All right, guys, we're going to kick it over to a couple quick ads, and then we're going to talk uh, some football stuff. All right, it's time to talk some football. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, we're not going to do a position preview. We got through pretty much all of the main positions. We're still going to do probably a special teams and just kind of a coaching staff uh, look at how the last season went, how, you know, same overview principles that we've done for each position. But before we do that, we'll talk about the recent departure uh, from Wisconsin and Ted Gilmore, the wide receivers coach, who, if you're not familiar with all the assistant coaches at Wisconsin, I don't blame you, there's a lot of them, but Ted Gilmore was one that really stood out, uh, and he decided to join Mel Tucker over at Michigan State uh, with with his new program starting up after coming over to the Spartans from Colorado. So, Matt, what did you make of that departure? How big of an impact do you think it'll be to be losing out on on Coach Gilmore like that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely hurts. Anytime you lose a coach, you lose some of the cohesion that you've built. I know he's been there uh, the the past, uh, since 2015, I should say. So he's been there with, with Garden. He, he's done a really nice job with the receivers. Uh, I know Quintez Cephas, um, a big reason for his development um, has been um, the mentorship that um, Gilmore gave to him and kind of everything when, when – Cephas's father passed. He was there for him, and and then obviously um, everything else that happened off the field. But then you you just see kind of the upward trajectory that he's been on, and 
And you also see some of the younger guys and what Wisconsin's gotten out of the wide receiver position. And it's definitely stings. But I think his biggest place is recruiting. He's mm-hmm. he's one of the Badgers' ace recruiters. And that's really what he's getting paid for. Let's not kid ourselves to go to Michigan State. They really wanted Vince Morrow from Kentucky. Um, they threw – I mean, if from all indications, it sounds like he got over a million dollars to be the uh, the tight ends coach, which is – frankly absurd. He's going to be the number one paid tight end coach in the in the country to basically recruit. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's a great recruiter, builds really strong relationships with families. He, he's known for um, bringing in guys, you know, A.J. Taylor uh, in from the Plains area, Graham Mertz. You, then you got uh, guys from down in Texas, Nikia Watson. And, and some of the guys that he's brought in are, are a testament to the relationships he builds. And so it's, it's a definitely a big loss, but um, you know, I mean, if if a team's willing to throw around a hundred million dollars to, I mean, a uh, hundred million, a million dollars a season to uh, a tight ends coach, there's there's not much you can do. That's a six hundred thousand dollar raise, basically, for uh, Coach Gilmore, and uh, anybody would be stupid not to take that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wisconsin, they there, there's always been that turmoil from the fan base where if you're really ingrained in it. You you see what the assistant coach is making. You know that there are schools that are come around, going to come around and throw around that money and and pick off quality position players. And unfortunately for Wisconsin, they just they don't have the resources to pay that kind of money to every assistant coach and and every guy like that. So it it takes guys moving into new roles and stepping into it. But Gilmore is certainly going to be like you mentioned. The recruiting is a hard one to uh, replace because he's done a great job. He's put a lot of good players in that wide receiver room and and done a good job of getting in the living room and getting guys to Wisconsin that had offers from other big schools, quality schools. And he's done a great job of getting those guys in the building and, and buying into Wisconsin. I think we've seen that on the field these last few years. The play of the Wisconsin receiving core and the depth and the talent has gotten a lot better, and that's because of, of Gilmore's ability to recruit and Winning obviously helps that. Wisconsin consistently wins, but it's those type of recruiters off the field that really make or break a college football program. Yeah, and I mean that he's he's a really nice guy. He, he's you know a stand-up guy, very very kind, loves his players, and is willing to uh, kind of go the extra mile for them, which which stands out, and that's a big reason why. Chris really went out of his way to make sure that he was a part of the staff and, and also gave him extra pay as the passing game coordinator with that title. And so he, he's definitely a loss. I think the Badgers will be fine. If we've seen one thing from Wisconsin position coaches, we've seen that, hey, they're just fine. We saw Tim Timbastar leave to become the defensive coordinator at Oregon State. They replaced him with Bobby April and look at the progression that the outside linebackers have made. So, And if you look at the recruiting of Bobby April, it speaks for itself here recently with some really big stud outside linebackers coming in. So the Badgers will be just fine. Um, they'll be able to find a really talented candidate to replace him. But in the meantime, it, it just thinks that it's going to, to a Big Ten team. Um, but at the same time, I mean, money talks in a lot of ways. And Michigan State has a really big um, – salary pool now for their assistance, which I know is a big reason that Mel Tucker went there. And, you know, it, it, in the end, if you've got a, more money to throw around at that, so be it. But it do, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win more games just because you're paying guys more money. Right. Yeah, definitely. And Michigan State's going to have a big rebuild on their hands uh, in terms of you know, off-the-field sanctions that may be coming to fruition 
Uh, you know, Mel Tucker stepping into a program that is that struggled the last few years, and Mark Dan, the end of Mark D'Antonio's tenure was not great. So it's going to take a little bit for them, but that's where you need quality recruiters like Gilmore to to come in and help get guys that can build that program back up because they're they're kind of stepping into a a program and a team that that the cupboards are going to be a little bare for a little bit, and you've got to hit on those recruiting classes these next few years to get back to that uh, competitive, you know, field. It's, it's a, it's an interesting time for, for the Michigan State Spartans. And anytime you have coaches jumping around this late in the process, usually if, you know, Mel Tucker, usually coaches are taking jobs around bowl season and, and departing teams. He's stepping in, uh, you know, after national siding day and trying to put together a staff and things like that. And I know, in the in the big picture for fans, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's not as much time as it, as you think to to really get the wheels in motion to rebuild the football program and you know start spring practice, which isn't that far you know that far away. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Michigan State and and the, them respond. But you got to wish Coach Gilmore the best. He was a great you know recruiter and a great guy for Wisconsin for the last five years, and you can't blame him for taking a pay raise that that he got to go uh, over to East Lansing. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, Michigan State is is paying you know out the you know what here for for coaches in general. Uh, you know they they actually are paying um, their new head coach more than what they paid Mark D'Antonio, who is a very established and well respected um, coach in the Big Ten. And so they're and they're paying a guy more than Paul Christ uh, for to be their head coach, who's won five games in his entire coaching career as a head coach. So there there's a lot going on there that uh, it's. We'll see how it unfolds for them, especially in the Big Ten East. But but Wisconsin will be just fine, and, and I think they've got plenty of guys that they could turn to. Uh, is there anybody that you would really want the Badgers to possibly land if we, if you could pick anybody to be their wide receivers coach? Um, I don't know if I have a certain name in mind. I think I think the biggest thing I know everybody on Twitter threw out Jared Aberderis, which I didn't think is is going to be a realistic possibility. I know he's I don't know what he I think. You wrote the article, right? And he's working as a financial advisor or something like that right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he's he's coming back to be the wide receiver. Right. Coach. I think they need to find a guy that really can continue to recruit at a high level, and I think that's the that would be the biggest you know hardship if you went with a guy like Jared Aberdeer, who doesn't maybe have as much experience as other guys. And I know obviously they look to Jim Leonard and and former players that are assistant coaches now. And they think that's an easy plug and play, but I would rather have a guy who's who's been in this been in a similar role that can recruit because, like you mentioned already, with Tel Gilmore, he did a great job with his position coaches and and working in the passing game and, and doing that stuff. But his main role was a recruiter, so I think you have to find a guy that can go into a living room, you know, across the country, sit down with parents and say, "Hey, I'm going to take care of your son for the next four or five years." I don't know who that guy is, but I think that's. That's you. You want a guy more oriented with that than I think the X's and O's. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree. I think you know Paul Christ is so good with X's and O's that he can help in terms of that with the wide receivers. I think, like you said, the the recruiting aspect of this is the bigger. Um, most position coaches, that's their primary role outside of the X's and O's, and that's really what they're going to be doing um, a good chunk of their time. So you want somebody who, who's got some experience and able to kind of hit some different regions uh, as well. Um, you know, Ted Gilmore had a lot of experience being from – 
from coaching all over the country in the NFL and in college and was able to kind of hit some of those markets based off of who he was. Jared Aberderis is from Wisconsin. He, he's lived in Wisconsin. I mean, he played for the Packers and then for a brief time the, Bear, uh, the Bears, the Lions. So it's, it's not like he has a wealth of experience out recruiting places. So I totally agree. I think Abby's an amazing player um, and, a, and a great person, but I don't think necessarily he's going to be the, the guy. I think it'll probably be another established wide receiver coach unless they're able to, to get somebody like Chris Chambers who – who is a uh, you know a trainer down in Florida who also has ties to Ohio and the Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. area. I think he would be a slam dunk. Um, I don't know how much he makes in, in his current job as a um, as a director of sports and football ops um, down there and 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 with his football academy. But uh, I I just have a hard time seeing it be be somebody that doesn't already have some ties. Um, possibly to Wisconsin or ties to the position um, and has a good recruiting footprint to build upon because that's what they really need. And they really are kind of against the gun here having to get somebody before spring practice, which would probably start in about a month usually. So uh, hopefully they're able to kind of get that. Did you send in your resume yet? Or uh, I was going to say, I, I was putting my finishing touches in uh, the other day, and I'm going to try and get that in because I know – Coach Chris is going to you know, hopefully need me up in Madison here soon. Uh, but, yeah, I saw he, that the posting was up. Yeah, did he, he, did he send you in. an email? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think yeah, he did saw, he send you an email and say? <laughs> I think he saw my 5'9 uh, height and said, yeah, yeah, the Tyler doesn't look like the guy that we need for this job. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they fill that with, and obviously it's going to have to be pretty quickly because you know spring ball is right around the corner, and you're going to want someone in place uh, for that but also for – recruiting these next couple seasons because you're not going to want to wait around. You're you're already going after 2021, guys. You've already got a lot of those relationships established. Uh, so you want to get someone in there quick and, and fill that role. But uh, that's kind of just how it goes in, in the college football coaching carousel. So the other big news, of course, that just came out not too far you know back from when we were recording was the announced retirement of Luke Benchwall, who has uh, battled a lot of injuries for the Badgers at the tight end position. Obviously, Badger fans, you probably know the Benchwall name. They've been ingrained with, you know, four or five players in their family over the years. And, of course, their youngest brother is in the class of 2021. Uh, I believe JP is his first name? Yep. Yep, JP Benchwall. Um, so um, it's an unfortunate retirement You know that he's battled through – I think in his post, it was four knee surgeries. He's battled through a lot of injuries, so tough to see. But uh, what did you make of that announcement today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's never easy to come back from knee surgeries, especially when you've had a couple. I remember seeing it happen live in full camp, and it looked pretty bad. So, um, you know, best of luck to him. I, I, wouldn't, I would expect him to be around the programs in some uh, way, shape, or form, helping them out in, in some way. Um, to still be around his friends and teammates because he still can uh, continue to go to school. I, I think he's probably graduated or will be graduating, but, um, you know, really good guy, and, and it's just unfortunate to see. It, it gets Wisconsin down to their 85 scholarship limit, which, you know, it's kind of an unintended consequence. But, you know, last year they really could have used him. I think this upcoming year they'll be in a better spot uh, to fill kind of that, that gap. Mm-hmm because they have had some a youth movement of guys who got a year of an experience with with um, 
with both uh, Rucci and Cundiff getting a nice redshirt season. And then you also have, you know, da- Cole Dakovich and Cam Large coming in. So they've got guys. They'll be in a better place now um, to, to take on this loss. But it, it's never what you want to see for a young person to have to uh, step away from a game they love and, and not be able to go out there on their own terms, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always unfortunate, and it it really sucks for a kid. You know, we've had it with Xander Neville earlier this season, and now you know Ben Schwal, guys that have have really worked hard to get back from multiple injuries, multiple setbacks that they've had to deal with, and not only is that a you know a big toll on you physically, you know, rehabbing and getting back from an injury. I can't imagine to do that three, four times like some of these guys do, but also mentally, you work so hard to get back on the field and. Sometimes your body just doesn't agree with you, and even though you want to be out there and and giving it all for the teammates, as all those guys have wanted to do, that's why you go to Wisconsin to play football and you you buy into that culture. So it's it's really tough, but he seems like a kid that that has a great head on his shoulders and will will be successful in whatever he does. So you got to wish him the, the best of luck as he goes forward. Yeah, no doubt. And like you said, his his little brother just. Um, is a really heralded four-star recruit, so mm-hmm. that 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 family isn't going anywhere anywhere anytime soon. So um, that that Benchwall name will continue to be forced for all beat writers to have to spell from now <laughs> until eternity. That one is the tough one. I saw in the announcement when when Drew sent it in our channel, I was like, oh, that's the uh, that's always one that gets me tripped up when I try to type it up. You always got to check two or three times. But we wish him the best of luck. And unfortunately, it's the, this has kind of happened these last few weeks. You know, some medical retirements that is always unfortunate. But uh, I know these kids will bounce back and, and hopefully take advantage of the opportunity in terms of education and, and hopefully look back on their years with those at Wisconsin in a positive light. Um, anything else you want to touch on football wise? Otherwise, we'll uh, wrap up another episode. Um, hey, so did you see the the stuff with the the one year transfer provision where they're they're talking about? I know the Big Ten first proposed it and ACC jumped on, and now the NCAA started a working group for it. But basically, they're looking at possibly making it so that you can you can transfer without penalty one time in your um, four year career. Yeah, I think you know the Big Ten it was was always kind of been for it, and I think at this point already, I know there's been some transfers that. People have scratched their head at, especially when you've dealt with the Micah Potter situation in the basketball front. But you look at college football right now, it's not technically the rule, but it kind of seems like it's already in place with the amount of transfers that, that get granted right away with, you know, you think of Justin Fields, who you know, unfortunately had to deal with stuff at his former school. But that, it just seems like these transfers are, are already trending that way, so you might as well put the rule in place and allow kids to, to jump around one time and make sure they're comfortable because there are those situations where a kid's uncomfortable and, and doesn't want to lose the era eligibility uh, to go to a better fit. So I think I think it'll be something that, that all conferences will get behind, and it's good on the Big Ten for, for being progressive and, and being a proponent of it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's one of those things where these guys only have a, a certain time whip frame for, for them to be able to play. Greg Gard talked about it in the Micah Potter situation that, you know, your clock is ticking the second you step on campus and they only have um, such such an amount of time to play. And, and, you know, the vast majority of these guys aren't going to play um, professionally or, um, 
really make a huge amount of money off of it. So let them go ahead and get their education. If you or I wanted to transfer when we were in college because of um, extenuating circumstances, we would have been able to do it. So there's no reason that uh, a kid should be able to do it. The, the rule is super archaic and been around for, you know, before the Big Ten was even uh, put in place. So it, it, it makes sense for them to do this. I think it's just catching up to basically what's happening and taking care of the logjam that would be – I can't imagine being those people trying to um, make decisions on waiver requests. I, I think, it, mm. you know, it's, it would suck to have to do that and they're, they're having to follow the rules or whatever that are – in my opinion, stupid in the first place. But I think Wisconsin will be completely fine from it. I don't see Wisconsin being too active um, in either direction of the of the portal. Um, but at the same time, I think it definitely uh, helps the student-athletes, and that's really what it should be about, uh, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a, it's, I think it would make everything a little bit easier, and it's not like you can jump around year to year. You get – you know, one jump to a, a new, you know, a fresh start. Sometimes kids need that. So I think it'll be it'll be something that will, will make the game a lot easier. And it, it seems like a no-brainer at the time and, and right now. So I would have to expect uh, the NCAA to get behind this and, and put together a win. I know a lot of people scratch their head at some of the decisions the NCAA makes. So if they put something like in, in this that is for the players and, you know, I think helps, your players get to where they want to be, so I, I would be applaud the NCA, which I, they don't get a lot of applause sometimes. So <laughs> I think it'd be a smart rule for them to get going with. So, all right, guys. Well, that wraps up another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you guys later in the week. Once again, we'll continue our two uh, two week schedule, two shows a week schedule, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on Wednesday on Wisconsin. Thank you.